We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Morris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Morris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Morris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Banana Slam Giant. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Crit. Uh, we got ourselves another episode of the Banana Slam Jaren podcast. And uh, yeah, as I've already mentioned, and you can already see, we've got Crit with us today. How you doing, man? So you had a long stream today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I've had had a lot of long streams recently, so it's it's not that new to me anymore. It's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, you've been killing it with streaming lately. Yeah, it's it's getting like uh, it's getting a little bit too regular for me. Like I'm getting a little <laughs> bit a little bit too used to it. But yeah, yeah, that's uh has its pluses and minuses for sure. So I I was gonna base my first question for you as uh, off the stream I was watching today. So well, you're one of the most notable players I've watched. Where I'm like, I tune into your stream and you'll just play 50 games of clinks in a row. Or like, you know, I see you're higher level on Dota Plus Troll Warlord than I am. Like, you play more troll than I do. Um, and I saw you were talking about learning Morphling today and everything. So I was wondering, like, when does it dawn upon you to just spam the shit out of a hero or just practice a new hero in general? Uh, That's a hard question, actually. I mean, it's not something that uh, that I really think about actively i think it's just if i want to win like i have to have some core that i go to uh and that's how it started with troll uh so for me it's like it just happens based on the patch like what hero do i feel like playing in this patch and then if i find it really fun like i did with troll like i played like 100 150 games of troll in like a month or something and then after that i just stopped caring for troll completely for like a year and then it came back for my 11k so that was nice but it just happens in like patches like what i think is interesting and then also that will make me able to carry a game if it's like really high mmr so it was the same for troll and clinks sort of um they just fit my playstyle, i guess like they're both heroes that could hit buildings and roche and stuff so it was easy for me to to like command my team does personal enjoyment uh, come into account when you're like you know deciding on heroes or do you just do you just play what you think is you know broken at the time uh no i i, I usually care more about my own experience with a hero mm-hmm. than with like what is generally conceived like as 
broken or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like back when basically like nobody was playing troll at that point, you know. And I was like talking to a tour about it or something, and I I remember playing like my first troll game and it was awful, you know. And I just it was just fun to me, you know, <laughs> because there's some interesting aspect about this. You can't control your ulti and like you have to be. It's actually like you have to think about it a lot more than what the skill set really tells. You yeah. know, like it seems really simple, but a lot of players will like use their ulti really poorly or like have bad mo- bad map movement and stuff. But yeah, that that was just like interesting to me for some reason for like a month, and then after that, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Um, so yeah, it just depends what I what I feel like. It's very random. Like I wouldn't be able to say it like reading a patch note or anything. It's just it's just a feel. Yeah. I've kind of realized that too. Like all of a sudden one day I'm like, well, I feel like I couldn't win this game. I was given 10th pick or, you know, later on pick in the draft. And I feel like I couldn't win the game unless I had this hero in my repertoire. And that immediately motivates me personally to just spam the shit out of it. So I was curious. It sounds like your motivations are somewhat similar just to, to win. You know, we don't play Dota for fun at the end of the day. So um, I, I was kind of curious. I kind of do. Okay. <laughs> Monkeys plays Dota for fun. It got him farther than me, but we'll we'll go off of the uh, success rate of crit here for what is the optimal way to. It's, to a, it's a good thing. It's it's good to find a balance. I think. I mean, I definitely would not play like heroes that I don't find interesting. You know, like I think most players they pick a role where the most heroes are like interesting to them to play. Yeah. So for me, that was like I like playing most of the four heroes. Obviously, there's some heroes that I don't like playing, and I will still have to practice them. What it, at some point if I want to play it competitively and if it's in meta, but most of the time you play some hero you want to play, you know. But if you have to find, like, heroes that are not in your role, like, if you're a support player and you're playing high MMR pops, like, you have to have some cores in your arsenal, otherwise you're just gonna lose most games, you know. If yeah. you just play some random anti-mage, like, if I played anti-mage randomly or terribly, like, I would lose every game. So, that that's, like, for me, it's, like, interesting to learn one hero that nobody plays in a different role, and they try to master it so that's yeah. that's what i did with like both trolling things so i definitely find it fun more than just like i i have fun at first and then i want it to become good yeah. you know i want and, to and, make and then it, it and then it turns into the, uh like determination like you gotta prove it right like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i was on things for so long at some point like i was like nobody was touching the hero you know and i was so convinced that this hero had like a lot of potential i was like telling a toy this hero's good i told like that has to be... It had to be Abed, I guess. Yeah, it was Abed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, like, around COVID situation. Yeah, so yeah. I did. But I was, like, telling everyone this year, this year was actually good. Atori always tells me, like, no way, you know? <laughs> when I tell him something about a carry hero, Atori's always like, no way. Unless it's, like, anti-mage or something. Like, there's Unless no that way. hero hits creeps at a rapid pace. Yeah, yeah. Really and it's usually not, that's usually not the heroes I go for. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely much more of a playmaker. You're, you you just run around nonstop. I, I noticed. Yeah. So so like even if I'm hitting like if I play heroes at auto attack, I like the heroes to be like hitting buildings or rose or like heroes. You know, like with yeah, tanks. Yeah. I don't really like to be hitting ancients too much. So yeah, I think me me and Ator are a little bit different there. So when I when I like suggest heroes to him, he's just like, no way. There's no chance. <laughs> I, the one thing that I thought was interesting was that uh, you mentioned already. You kind of helped me segue my next question, which was. Like, I see you practicing cores a lot as a support player. And for you, is that purely just because you're high MMR and you're stuck, like, you'd rather play core than support, like, a rank 500 carry player? Or is it because you genuinely think, like, learning core roles is better for you as a player? Like, your understanding of the game or helping support your cores, that kind of thing? Um, I, I mean, I think it's a lot of things. And it changes all the time. Like, I wouldn't tell you, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you that for my entire career I've been thinking this way about practicing and stuff because it changes all the time like what do you think about how do you maximize your time um, I think for me I think it's always good to be just a better Dota player and even if you play like other roles you're going to be a better Dota player than like if you only play your own role like it's fine you can you can be like a better player by just playing four every game but um, I think it's fine to like if you're getting bored or if it, the game is becoming stale or like you're losing a lot because like for me, when I'm like close to 11 MMR, if I play four every game, like I will lose 50% of the games just because of my cores. Like, and that's that's kind of like, it's not very fun to be wasting like a lot of time every day because you're forced to like rely on your cores. Um, so it's like a mix of things. I wouldn't say when I played troll, like I played a lot of troll like the last two weeks and some live series and stuff. You know, I don't really play it to learn or like to become a better player it's mainly just because i wanted to win and 
it's not like from a competitive aspect it's not like um me trying to get better or like learning something about the role that much it's more like just playing heroes that i understand that i know i can win the game with basically and it well, depends like sometimes like my my ambition is like to win and get mmr and sometimes i play you know i'm just playing the game for fun and like i want to learn a hero that's that's how it started with troll and clinks but like now the last two weeks i was really trying hard to just win the games so yeah. it was a little bit different uh, at least from a competitive aspect though like playing other roles it does it gives you a better idea of kind of what what you can expect from those roles right like in competitive games like you know you, you understand farming patterns and stuff for for you know carry players more if you play 50 games of carry because like you know you you, you you're in the mindset of a carry player then right so then when you're playing position four and competitive like you can kind of have a better idea of like like predicting what the enemy wants to do right yeah i mean i, I think so for sure but i think I think most of the time people understand like the heroes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously, there's like for me, like the last couple of days, I was playing Morph, and I had no idea how to play this hero. But even if I, when I'm playing the hero, I have no idea like mechanically what I'm doing. I still yeah. like understand the concept. I just, yeah, yeah. you know. So I, I think I, I agree with it, but I think it also at some point like you get to the point where, like, you feel like you you know most of the stuff. It's more like implementing, I guess. Yeah. And like yeah. some heroes, it's really hard to implement if you're not used to it. Like, yeah. Does streaming like affect you at all with this? Because I know you've been streaming a lot lately, a lot because like COVID and lack of tournaments. But like, does it make you hesitant to practice heroes if you know you're not going to look like you're in peak form or anything like that? Or are you kind of just at the point where you don't give a shit because you kind of have enough proof or like clout? I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure actually about that. I think obviously the the thing I like about streaming that I realized the last month or two is that. When you stream, like you always feel like you're on, um, like you feel like you're, you have to like show, you have to be at your best basically because you're basically putting yourself out there, like it's your brand, like you're on, people are watching you play, and it's kind of like playing tournaments, like it's like a mini tournament aspect sort of, like it makes you stay on your toes and like makes you want to perform in pups even if you're like playing heroes you don't understand or like you know, so it's just like it's a motivation for me to to be be playing like on stream and i don't really feel like then i don't feel like reading chat and like being like annoyed at what chat says like it's really rare that i think chat is being so stupid that it gets to me so it's just it's been like a positive for me to just like make sure that i perform at like or like stay on my toes and like not become like embarrassingly bad at, like <laughs> the, what i'm putting out you know i wish um, i could say the same thing you know I usually, <laughs> I usually i'm the master at doing embarrassingly bad things on stream but hey you know everyone has their brand yeah um that works too i guess <laughs> <laughs> thanks man i appreciate the the pity there even though sports had a break your business didn't you have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever indeed is here to help Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and champion futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
what I wanted to ask, like, before, you just kind of made me want to ask that question specifically, but, like, how do you decide when to stream? Is it just, like, that day you feel like it, or do you actually plan ahead your streams, or is it just kind of opportunity-based? Uh, I mean, I, st I started just streaming because we had no, we have no schedule, right? And I figured that this is, like, a good opportunity to, like, use my time on something else in Dota that, where I have, like, an everyday plan of, like, it's, like, basically, like, working. Because if I was not streaming right now, I would basically be sitting, doing nothing but playing Dota for no reason, you know? Like, streaming gives me, like, a purpose. If I'm not practicing and playing tournaments, like... I prefer to be productive in some way. And I think streaming is like the best way for that. Um, in terms of like planning streams and stuff, not not that much because I, I feel like I, I prefer to just like tell my viewers that I want to stream every day and that I plan on streaming the next day. But if, if like something comes up with my, like my parents or something, I want to go visit them, that I'll still do it, you know? Uh, I don't want to like log myself into like schedule too much because it is like not my job, but something i want to do so I, I keep it like in the middle i think it's not like i'm on a schedule but I, i'm trying to be as much online as possible because i do have a a lot of off time right now are okay. you are you at least enjoying streaming for the oh, time yeah, for that sure. you are doing it nice yeah i i love streaming right now i think it's 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 interesting too to like because i i at the start of my stream like when i'm streaming at the same time as Gork, because we have like the same time schedule pretty much most of the time like i i just see my viewers being around like one to two thousand and i mean that's fine for me you know at, at first like at the start of september you know i'm just streaming i know people don't really know that i'm streaming and stuff but then like i when i see my numbers grow and stuff it's it's just an interesting aspect um, yeah yeah it's nice to see that that it's going somewhere so what's that like no i'm just kidding so <laughs> no, i uh i was gonna ask like because for me my streaming it I, I feel like when i'm tilted it makes it worse so i was wondering like when you're streaming you know you say you enjoy streaming do you feel like the ups and downs are higher or do you really feel like your attitude in game is relatively unaffected because you seem calm about twitch chat the example i want to give from today was a guy that asked a really stupid question and you responded like I built Midas because I was bored, man. Like that game was terrible, and he's like, and he said sorry, and you're like, it's okay, man. Like you know, that, that game wasn't your fault, and I feel I mean, like for I mean, me, I would not have the. It's okay, man. It's not your fault. It's like I feel like I'm more irritable. Like, does that get to you in your game itself, or? Mm, no, I mean, if if I if I'm really trying to win, like I would not like I wouldn't read chat in game, you know. Uh, if I'm like really trying hard, and I feel like my decisions are like better than what anyone in chat would say like which I, if i'm trying my hardest i'm pretty sure that's the case if i'm playing my best heroes and i'm trying hard like i'm pretty I, sure nobody in chat would like <laughs> yeah so like then it then like there's I don't some 10k really people look. in your chat i'm just <laughs> i mean but then it doesn't really matter but if i'm playing like a and i'm kind of just i random the hero and i have no interest in playing the hero you know i'm i'm just in the game waiting for it to be over and that's that's just what it is, you know. And somebody asks, like, is Midas the item? Like, I can see why it's funny because like, <laughs> because I don't know if it's the item, and I don't really care. And I'm pretty sure they don't care either. They just want to fuck with me. So it's like you let them have it a little bit. I think I think that's fine. Oh, that's a good um, point, actually. I, I honestly never thought about that. If I'm like playing yeah, a hero, I mean, I'm not that great at. Maybe maybe uh, taking Twitch chat suggestions for face value might actually be beneficial. <laughs> yeah, it's more like you have to realize that most of the people that ask like questions like that, they're they're not. I mean, at least in my chat, they're not trying to like tell me what's better. They just want to make me mad, you know, or like get some reaction. I think that's a lot of Twitch, like just trying to. Yeah, they want to get some reaction out of it. Twitch. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't think I will. At least from what I remember, I was never really like tilted while streaming, and I think if I was ever tilted, where. I, like I would be like mad at my chat or like I would seem like really bitter. I think I would just stop my stream, you know? Um, I, I just don't, I, I, it doesn't really happen to me that often, but I think if it did happen, like I don't think I would want to like stream it, you know, because that's just like the way I am as a person. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to tell, like I don't want to in tournament games either. Like it's like something I don't want to have in me. So I, I just don't think I would stream it, I guess. Like it wouldn't be on stream. I would just turn my stream off or something. See, I, I'm very similar to you in that in that aspect, and uh, but but like, I also have basically nothing to do right now. So when I do get tilted, I'm just like, well, do I turn off my stream and be tilted off stream and do like nothing, or do I just keep streaming because I have nothing else? To do? 
Uh, I mean, I think for me, it's it's more like it. It's really rare that I tilt for like a long yeah, yeah, yeah. of time. You know, like I, I'm able to reset myself at this point, especially about pubs. Uh, yeah, it sounds wait, like which I mean, is a very powerful tool to have. Like a lot, a lot yeah, of sure. people are not good at resetting after pubs. Yeah, it almost <laughs> sounds like to me you're like more. Uh, I want to say well rounded and like grounded about how you approach streaming, even though you don't stream as much as a lot of other streamers. And I'm curious if people. You know, you talk about getting mad and you'll use, if you ever were to do that, you'd probably just end the stream. Have you ever been asked for advice by people like Mason? <laughs> I mean, I think Mason is, it has pretty good control over his stream. Like, I don't think like, I mean, personally, I think a lot of it is like a persona. Like he, he's, you can see like he's smiling, like when he's molding half the time, you know? So I, I mean, the, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's just different approaches. I, I love watching Mason. Like Mason is like one of the streams I watch the most when I'm not streaming myself just because it's like really good entertainment. Like and obviously some of it is like real, you know, like when he smashes his monitor and stuff. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> actually why I quoted this one that. specifically. But that's that's just that's just that's just good because like it means that he's real, you know. So I I, I mean yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone's ever asked me about it. I mean, obviously, uh, I, I it's something that I've been practicing, especially in like competitive too, to not be like very emotional because being emotional in like a team environment and it, it's just best not to have too many people that are like that at least. Sure. Um, and also, like emotional, it kind of goes hand in hand with like ego, and and it's just yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a hard hard thing to really touch on too much, but I think it's just uh, so you have to have players on a team that's like grounded and just don't like um act out too much you know yeah i mean it's not react yeah 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 yeah. so uh, for me for sure i'm not perfect at that and i definitely had episodes where like i lashed out or i was really mad you know but it's something that i like i want to be you know so it's something i practice all the time in competitive too and i think that's why it's like that on stream as well awesome uh i Leading on to my uh, monkeys, do you have a question? Because I'm like going through our my nice list of questions, and he's uh, it's hilarious because he's segueing me perfectly. But if you have something uh, to weigh no, in. no, no, I'm I'm good for now. <laughs> okay, so like I, I just want to say I appreciate the depth of your answers. I I never know what to expect whenever I'm like asking people questions, and I've thoroughly enjoyed your answers so far. And the one question I I wanted to make sure I ask because monkeys has been one of the most notable NA stand-ins. You know, there's a lot of teams that he stands in for, so I feel like we've got the perfect dynamic here. I was going to ask you about, like, what it's like being a player on the team that gets stand-ins. Like, you guys have had to play with a lot of stand-ins on EG ever since COVID. Like, how does that, like, affect your approach to the team, like, the mentality of the team, the strategy of the team, the best you can? You know, obviously, we're not asking for deep, dark secrets or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it, it sucks, to be honest. Like, no matter like who you have as a stand-in, like at this point we've come to realize that it's just not a good situation. Uh, we had like times last last season, I guess, where we were playing with Quinn as well. Like, and and like it doesn't really matter. Like Quinn was a great stand-in. You know, we made the grand finals of a land tournament, but it just it sucks to have a stand-in. It just it's like everything that you talk about as a team, like you have to reset it when you get in a new person and. Like in terms of like the level you play at as a team, it's it's always gonna like set you down. It can do some things in terms of like people feeling like you have, uh, like you you have that reset, right? Like you don't you feel like you're playing with a new person. It's like kind of a new team. You have this tournament. It's kind of like everyone is just chill. Like it's not that much pressure because you have a stand in. So there's like some positives, but in terms of like purely competitively and like team, uh. Like what's the word for it? Like just like level of play, it's just worse. And I think uh, we we started out with the seven four seven, and this like when we started playing with standings, and we we won like the first two or three tournaments, and then after that like we kind of staled down a little bit. And I think the reason why we were winning was because like we were playing with a new player, and like we had no like real high expectations. But at some point when we won like the first three tournaments, like there's more pressure on us and. Uh, it just it just became worse, you know. And then obviously, like I had to play often for a while. That was pretty awful too. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, we played with GPK, who is like an awesome player. Honestly, everyone was super positively uh, impressed by him, and like ro- worked really hard, had a great mi- great mindset. But still, it's just different for him to come into a team where there's so much like uh, 
focus from like Reddit and Twitter and stuff, like people will just like go hard on him, even though he's he's just being like a good team player. Yeah. And I think a lot of these things like come into play and like make people play worse, makes like everyone else on the team like try to compensate for. It's just not great, you know. Um, so well, it, it takes it takes some time to get integrated into a team like like EG. I think because there's a lot of there's a lot of like negative feedback that you have to kind of get used to. It also goes the other way, you know. Obviously, if we're, if we're winning, like people are quick to hype us up and stuff, but it, it can be pretty hard to deal with yeah yeah now, at least from the from the stand-ins perspective because as you yeah, yeah. say I, i've stood in for a lot uh a lot of the difficulties at least in my opinion is that like when, when you're going into a new team is a lot of teams have different play styles and different ideas and like different map movements that they they try to accomplish and you know when when you're kind of thrown into an already established like like idea or play style or whatever then you're you're kind of the one who has to like adjust adjust yourself to fit in with like like the players and all of their ideas and everything and as crit said like there can be a lot of negative feedback of just like oh yeah you you, you shouldn't be doing this because this is our idea like you know the five minute siege or ten minute siege or four minute rune or you know whatever like and uh it can it can definitely ju- ju- just make things very hectic <laughs> i mean i think i think it's also about like i mean it's a lot about system but also that um like when you hear like imagine if you come into like our team and then Boba is saying something like GPK is like a very new player like he really just wanted to do his best you know but sometimes when like Boba or me or Toro like will tell him something it's gonna be like wrong in some of the cases you know yeah and he might still implement it just because he wants to do like what's the team you know and that that takes a while to like become comfortable with playing with yeah, each other yeah. and stuff and that's like the biggest difference I think for sure. uh, but playing like a regular in the standard. So, like, when you have a stand-in, I think specifically the one I'd be most curious about is when you guys have Bulba stand-in for you. Because it's like, obviously, he goes from your coach slash, like, helping you with drafting and stuff to being a player on your team. How does he as a person change? Like, do you guys feel like your relationship with him changes during that? Or is it kind of just the same shit and suddenly he's the guy actually playing the hero, just worse than the other guy, or what? Uh, I mean, with Bulba, it's a little bit different because he he it changes a lot like when he's when he's playing pups and when he's not playing pups so when we started playing with him like obviously he was getting back into shape and stuff but i think it's it's easier for us to play with somebody who understands the way we think even if we don't understand the way he thinks in the game like we, we're not used to playing with him he knows like the way we want to play and like he knows it's easier for him to come in than for other players to come in basically even if it for us it might be like sort of the same thing like we have a new player that we're not used to playing with. Even if he's our coach, like he's very different in style from like somebody like Ramses. So I think the the way it works is just that it's it was easier for him to come in and stand in than it was for the other guys. But for us, it's like it's still a, a new player, you know. Yeah, it makes um, sense. So obviously, he, he knows the system, and it's easier for him to like understand what everyone else wants to do. I uh, yeah, I myself, I always felt like a lot of the teams I was on, it it felt like the team basically had to get, make sure everyone was on the same level of understanding. So if like one player was weaker than the other, or if one player was missing a point, then it felt like the rest of the team kind of had to put themselves on hold in order to catch that person back up. So I guess going off of what I've already asked and what you've kind of said, is that how it feels with a stand-in? Like the kind of the shift of the team has to be completely upon catching this guy up. And does that kind of hinder the progress of the team to a, like a complete halt? Or do you guys just kind of accept that you're not going to progress as a team? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I, I know what you mean. I think it's just a lot more responsibility on the the original members of the team, basically. You know, so if somebody else like is playing under their usual level of gameplay, like if let's say like me or Toro, like when we have a stand and we play worse than we usually do, like that's going to look a lot worse when we have a stand in. You know, and there's also going to be less room to like improve on it because we're already have like a topic of like where we want growth or like integration into the team so i think yeah i mean it's just it's a lot more responsibility on like the regular members i would say that's basically the the biggest thing okay uh so i guess for me this is kind of like dipping back to our original conversation but you talked about it a bit with how you approach your stream and how you approach pubs but 
I feel like everyone I've ever asked has a different answer to this question. Uh, and it would be, how do you like remain sane playing Dota eight to 10 hours a day? Like how, what is your method of like, like, is it outside of Dota? Is it within the game things you're telling yourself? Like, what do you think is your secret, quote unquote, to not losing your mind? Because I think that's a common side effect of a lot of Dota. Um, yeah, that's that's a hard question. I mean, obviously, I don't, I, I don't think it's anything that I think about. But um, most of the time, it's just about mindset, I think. Like, alternating your mindset, like... What are you playing each individual game for? When you get into the game, like, what is your purpose? Like, are you trying really hard every game? Because if you're trying really hard every game, putting your, like, all into the game, and you lose, and you lose, and you lose, like, that's when you're going to, that's when you're going to start losing your mind. And I think, like, if you're doing that and you're losing, like, you have to take breaks, like, more frequently. And ask yourself before you queue, like, is it a good idea to play right now? Like, is, if I'm going to try really hard, then am I going to win this game or am I too tilted, you know? Because then if you go into this game and you feel like you're trying really hard, but you're tilted out and your mentality is bad, then you're just going to get like even further down the hole. And for me, it's just, I think it's not very often that I really try super hard. Like I will do it if like I'm trying to work on, if I'm practicing for like a tournament or like I was now when I was trying to get 11K, like I was trying really hard. And if I lost four games in a row, like I would, I would stop my stream, you know, like I, because I know if I don't want to play anymore, like it's already a bad day. If I play another game, I'm gonna be in a bad mindset. Like, I, I would just have to stop, you know. And I had some days too in the start of my stream where I, I was losing a lot, and I still like, I felt like I wanted to keep streaming because I had like good numbers, whatever. And it was a little bit early for me to end the stream, and I kept playing, and obviously I kept losing, you know, because. I'm not supposed to be playing, but I'm doing it because I'm streaming, right? Um, so I think it just—it's just about prior, priorities. I would say I, I think it's not something that happens to me too much because if I'm feeling like I'm going down that hole, like I will stop playing, you know? Yeah, so. and and as far as like resetting goes, I, I mean, you've obviously been competing for such a long time. Have you have you created any good habits over over the years of like you know, for for example, something I learned. Um, or, or that I've been practicing since the uh, Paris Major on complexity uh, last year, I think, um, is it, just like, you know, after after a tough loss or something, instead of just immediately jumping in, discussing it or whatever with, with, with the team, but I think it does apply to pubs as well, just like, you know, stand up from, from your computer, go take a five-minute walk or something, and just like clear your head and come back and like, you know, reset your, your mentality. Are there any like micro rules like that that you've that you've come up with over the years? or? um no i think for me the biggest thing is like and this is gonna maybe come out a little bit bad but like if i'm in a game where i know the game is over or like basically like there's some games where you just know there's no chance like somebody's not playing the game like you use the last like 10 minutes of the game it takes for the other team to end where you're still like playing but you know it's kind of over yeah. to like lower your emotional investment into the game you know and then you're kind of already on the way to the next game and it's gonna sound really bad, but that's real. That's really how it is. Like, mm -hmm. if if I'm trying really hard in my games, and somebody like is not like, if I know somebody doesn't listen to me, or if somebody is like not trying their hardest, or like it's not like, and I, the game is just over because of that, then you have to kind of reset. You know, you yeah. can't keep emotionally investing into these games because if you do that and you keep doing it like every game and you keep losing, like that's gonna be that's gonna drain you out like yeah, really yeah. fast. Um, so obviously, like if there's this is not like this is like really rare. Like you do it if if you're like you have some guy who's griefing your game, like running down mid, or if you have some carrier player who's like dying ten times in twenty minutes, not really talking, like you know it's over, but yeah. you know, you're still playing, he's still playing, but you're just waiting for the other team to realize they can end the game. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. one thing I've always liked about your stream was that you always seem like one of the people I've watched. I've never seen you be upset in a situation where I personally wouldn't find myself upset. Like all of your reasons for being upset are at least, you know, in my opinion, very valid. So I guess like my question would be, do you feel like others learn from you in that? Like, do you have you noticed that you have some sort of impact on the Dota community at all? Or do you feel like your viewers are impacted by your mentality? Because I think the way you keep a level head in, in game is impressive, to say the least, based on the higher MMR you go, the worse your teammates get. I mean, I think I, think I have like bad days or 
bad games where I'm like not not a very good example you know like I, I definitely catch myself in being like really shitty or toxic or whatever it happens once in a while you know uh, but I, I do think that in general people learn from like the way I talk in game and the way like basically like I diffuse like people being mad or whatever like I, I think it's easier for me to win games if nobody else is really talking because if everyone else is talking like there's no space for somebody to like come in with like there's there's a lot of different people especially in pubs who will be like very emotional or like very like it's they're not trying to be toxic they're trying to win the game but the way they, they communicate is like not very efficient and that's like most of the games that i will lose is if somebody's being like that and i can't change like the pace of the game because somebody else is already taking over like the not the captain role but like the the voice of the team basically um but i do think at least from like the response i guess on my stream uh like people are mostly like i'm not like i'm not one of the most like talented or like individual best mechanical players in the world but i like to think like the way i win my pops is because i am able to talk to my team like i understand like what's going on in the game and i know how to win these pops you know and I think that's what people are impressed with when they watch me more than just like me doing some crazy like you know rampage and live sitter with army toggle you know like that's not like not really how I win my games. Um, so I think yeah, I think you could you could kind of put it in that category. I don't know if that was like answering your question completely. <laughs> it was a different answer than I expected, but uh, I honestly have enjoyed your your uh, in depth uh, answer. In depth, yes. <laughs> basically comments on various things i was so like what i uh what i was kind of hearing from that was like okay so one of my issues i've always struggled with or i used to struggle with a lot and i've i think i've gotten better but i haven't been on team so i wouldn't really know is i i was definitely one of those people that wasn't intending to be toxic and there would be communication that i had with that was just detrimental to the game kind of like you were talking about so i guess what is your do you have any advice or like ways that people can avoid being those people because i know there are people in the dota community that are trying not to be toxic and sometimes they still are so like i've always tried to explain it on my stream i'm like this guy i understand i'm gonna i have to mute him he's not an ass like i'll unmute him at the end of the game but like i can't focus on this game like do you have advice for those types of people uh i mean i think it's just about if if you really care about the results of the game that's usually like why that's why it happens you know like somebody really wants to win and something happens in the game that's bad like if you comment on something that already happened like you have to make sure you say it in a nice way otherwise it's just going to come out like like you're flaming the guy like if some guy does something stupid you're like let's try not to do that again you know like it's just about tone it's about like making sure that you understand that the player you're playing with is probably already, like, upset or knows that they fucked up, you know? <laughs> and if you don't, like, take that into consideration, like, he's just going to get more tilted. And it, and the chance of, like, them muting you and then, like, the whole communicating what's going on in the game is, like, gone, you know, at that point. Um, it's kind of hard for me to say. For, for me, it's it's pretty natural. Like, obviously, if I don't care that much about the game and I'm being, like... And ass, and this happens a lot more off stream than on stream because when I'm on stream, I don't want to come out like, like an asshole, you know. But everyone who plays Dota like th- as much as, I guess we do, like you're you're have, you're gonna be an asshole like once in a while. It's just what happens. Like you get frustrated. It's the nature of the game. <laughs> yeah, and also if they're if you're competitive about it, it, it will just happen. But it's just about like minimizing the amount of times that that it does happen. I think and working on it and yeah. Whenever I, guess I, that's all. whenever I watch monkeys or gunner, they're like the two NA people that come to mind. I'm just waiting for them to crack, man. I'm just <laughs> waiting for them to finally lose their shit and be the guy that I've always envisioned them being instead of the, just the chill, <laughs> the, the chill, you know, laughing guy like monkeys is giving right now. It has to be a facade eventually. I don't freaking believe it. But so my question is, um, like, after all that's said and done, I feel like the cool thing about having these conversations with you is myself and everyone watching gets to have these like perspectives um on dota and just everyday dota things that's kind of like what we're going with we're going for with the podcast so it's like do you think that this should like more players should stream like do you think do you recommend to other players that they stream or do you think it's kind of just like something you're good at so it's nice for you i feel like it's a beneficial thing for the community like as a whole, and there's like no other game that I can think of where that many competitive players of that noteworthy level of fame just don't. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's no negative to streaming. Um, I think obviously it's like a lot of people just don't like streaming that much. Like it, it, it does feel awkward at first, like to stream and being on camera or like not on camera, but like being watched while you play. Like it's it's hard for some people, you know? And I think I would say it's for me, the reason why I did started doing it like all the time is that I feel like it's good practice for tournaments. Like I feel like it's like the second best thing you can do. It, it creates some pressure on you. There is pressure when you play tournaments. Like you have to be used to it. So streaming for me helps with that. And I think I, I said that to our tour as well. Like I think he he should stream, you know, because like it's just it gives like a, an aspect that creates a bit more pressure. So I think even if you're like you, obviously it's it's good to get content into the community. But just from a competitive standpoint, it doesn't matter that much for most people to create content and like getting it out in the community like i i like doing it and i think it's it should be done but for most pros pro players like they're thinking about their competitive aspect i think streaming can also help with that just in terms of like creating like more pressure on your pubs so that's interesting i've never heard the aspect uh of you thinking that streaming could be positive for for competitive players because i've always thought of the stigma kind of being like you know it, it adds another factor to the game that's distracting i naturally play worse on stream so it makes mm-hmm. it um, detrimental to my competitive side. Yeah, so I think why, that's really cool. But I think like, why do people play worse on stream? You know, for for me now, I don't feel like I play worse on stream anymore than I used to think that. But I think you need to think about why is it that I'm playing worse when I'm on stream? Because realistically, when you play tournaments, it's the same thing as streaming because you're you have people watching you. You feel like there's Twitch chat, but there's the same things when you play big tournaments. You know, there's Twitch chat, there's Reddit, there's all these things. So I think when people realize that it's the same thing, like you shouldn't really play worse on stream, you know. Uh, and I, I think that I think that's just helpful. Obviously, like you can say before big tournaments, like for me, when I get closer to a tournament, like I would I wouldn't want to stream either, or I would stream very casually, like not talking much and just playing whatever. But now, like when I have a a while until my tournament, like I don't see a problem with just like trying my hardest and like trying to get better and see if like streaming can help me in that way basically the the funniest thing about this whole perspective that it, it i don't know if this happens to you guys a lot but suddenly something that's been happening to you for a while and then it just suddenly occurs to you when somebody else talks about it like why it's happening but you you talked about how like it's similar pressure to being competitive and like being in a stadium with people watching you and stuff and like you know why can't that be the same as streaming but for me you know i streamed most of my career and then like my first international that i was casting at I go out onto the main stage and I just shit my pants. You know, I'm like, holy crap, you know. But at the end of the day, there's really not that many more people in that stadium itself than would normally watch a stream. And so I find that so funny where it's like there's a lot of players, I'm sure, that you said have that initial hesitation towards being a streamer. But I realized pretty quickly, just like you did, that it is pretty much the same thing. And like after a few initial takes, it's like, yeah, you're just back in your comfort zone doing your own thing. So I I can relate to that on so many levels that I wasn't expecting to uh, be able to relate to. So that was really cool. Uh, yeah. uh, not even asking a question right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say I will say though that the uh, like going on stage and doing interviews, like I don't really compare that in terms of like pressure and like because I like when I do interviews on stage and stuff, like I still get fucking nervous. Like I think most people do in some way. Like that that is that shit is hard, especially that like where there's actually a crowd. But I think just in terms of like just going back on it like when you're streaming and you're actually in the game like when you're in the game on a stage like you don't think about the crowd that much but you you still have like the back thought that people are watching you know so i'm just talking about like specifically in the game type of scenario i think streaming is like sort of similar to to playing at tournaments you know like yeah, in the filter actual the game you have to filter out yeah. all the extra stuff that isn't just you playing the game at yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And to kind of go off of what you said, VSA, of like the the nerves of of doing interviews and stuff in front of a stadium, it's like, for for example, with me when we first started doing this podcast, I was super nervous because I I typically don't really talk about my my thoughts on Dota that much on my stream. I I just kind of like meme meme with my chat and play Dota and laugh a lot. Like, like that, that's typically yeah. all I do. But like <laughs> I I don't really like share my thoughts like or, or at least not in an elaborate fashion too frequently. So when we started the podcast, you know, and you started asking me a lot of like 
you know, more in-depth questions, I was like, oh, shit, I actually have to share my opinion. And, you know, I, maybe I'm wrong on something I'm saying or something like that, you know, <laughs> it, it, it can it can really uh, I don't know. It, it can be very nervous putting your putting your ideas out there. OK, nerve wracking. Sorry, that, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely can. I, I'm I'm always surprised when I see certain players, even like today. Like I'm like, how do they just come on like and just give interviews? I guess you guys give a lot of interviews or whatever. Because I'm the same way. Like the second I went on stage, the second I do my first interview, I remember my first summit. I'm like, you know, just uh, stumbling, fumbling all over the place. But if you don't mind, Crit, before we wrap it up here, uh, we have a we have a content submission that we wanted to do and we wanted to try out where it's somebody submitting a clip about two minutes long and it's on you and monkeys to guess the MMR of the game. Are you down? Okay. I've, okay. I've done this before. I can okay. Do yeah. Very cool. Okay. So let me pull that up real quick. Okay. So what we got is we're going to be showing, uh, you see the status in the game, 35 minutes in, we're going to show the items of all the heroes in the game. And then we're going to watch about a minute clip of a team fight and see what you guys think. Like, okay. in, like First in the try. mech on Ogre. <laughs> First try. So we got Mana Boots mech on Ogre. I don't think there's really much multicasting going on here. We do have a platinum, or uh, excuse me, level 25 Dota Plus Pudge on the other team. Let's not forget that. What do you think of these items on Jakiro at 35 minutes? Crit? I mean, I think the... Oh, who, who has the mech? That's Necro. Necro. Yeah, that's wait, wait, is that two mechs? That is two mechs. You're right, okay. that was two mechs. Those okay, I will, say, I will say, honestly, there's like nobody... Who's this? This is Prophet? Yeah, that was Prophet. Okay, Prophet has a Yasha. Is there anything <laughs> for Manta to be good against? Uh, Slaughter ult? No, slaughter. <laughs> what about these okay. Shaman items? Okay. <laughs> and four empty that's, slots. That's a cool build. Slark. <laughs> I mean, I've, most of these builds are acceptable, I would say. like. The ogre has like arcane's mech, I guess. That's a good plus five. Yeah, like, I wish but, my ogre would buy that. You know, but double double mech on. on I mean, that's that, that that could be a that could be an accident. You know, it like, could it could be. But okay, also, we got the play. Shadow blade mana boots on Rasta. <laughs> I mean, Rasta might be the lowest armor in this game. He, he's no, setting it up. He's setting it up. Look at this roster. He's coming in hot. Invis. It's all about that surprise. I mean, I mean, Shadow yeah, not bad on Rasta, but like the, the item order maybe a little bit curious. I mean, Drow has like. Competitive items, you know, like the Wraith Bands, Manta, Pike, it's BKB, that's, that's pretty good. It's like at a Silver Ridge, uh, a bit, so that's also pretty good. Yeah. Ne Necro, maybe the base boots are a little bit outdated, but... This looks like a pretty standard fight so far to me. You know, what could possibly go interestingly here? Okay, Slaughter's a bit deep here. Potch is also in there. <laughs> The Slark is going in too. Oh boy. This you guys were doubting neat. the Yasha nature prop, but I don't know why. Oh my god, this hero. Okay, I mean. <laughs> that happens in my pubs too, to be honest, where some guy is like, let's go die, you know? This happens. I mean, the Slark, the Slark die was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But the other, like, the punch is, he's 25 punch, he's gonna be a psycho, you know? The slark, I don't know about the I don't know. <laughs> That's a good metric but, to base But I don't know about the Slark. The Slark was. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, that's like a pretty, I feel like some of those images are pretty standard where we see like four or five people with completely normal items. And then we see a prophet with a Yasha. We see yeah. a shadow shaman with shadow blade and four open inventory slots, no wards or a stick or literally well, anything. What server is this? Can you say that? Uh, I, I believe it's NA. I can't say with it's 100% NA? certainty. Okay. So. I'm, I'm on a, I'm, I have a pretty good idea, I think. Okay. I, well, I, I know what I want to say, but I, I don't know what the what the order should yeah, be. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, maybe on an honor code, we could write it down, but let's just trust that your answer is not going to be changed by the other guy's yeah, answer. I, okay? I, I, I know what I'm going to say. Okay, what, okay uh, monkeys no. first, and then crit. And give a all brief right, explanation. I, a brief... All right, I'm going to say... 2.7k okay the double mech was was sketchy on radiant and also uh there was uh, they, they stacked shackles and uh dismember on the ross and pudge so you know I, I, and all of the other items that would include it I, i'm gonna go with a solid like 2.7k and the dives and everything you know not too much self-awareness that's my guess what about you crit i think this is a solid like 3.5k maybe 4k Okay. There. Okay. So we got Twitch. I'm looking at Twitch chat. We're seeing some like 2Ks. We're seeing some 1Ks. And 
I'm going to tell you guys. Uh, you guys give them a little bit too much credit. This is a 1.5k <laughs> oh, average no MMR game. How do these guys buy these items? They must have been coached by somebody genius. Yeah, they, they, actually, the drow uh, is a student of mine. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he just only had the, some of the remotely normal items. So, yeah, I these type of games, I've realized that at the low MMRs, it's so inconsistent. Even at 3k, by the way, I've seen games like this where you like some people. I'm like, yeah, that guy's build makes sense. Yeah, this guy's owning. Like, oh, that looks pretty standard. And then suddenly you just look at the shaman or the Yasha on Nature's Prophet. It's like, I mean, what? I just don't think it's like, I don't think it's that weird. Like, I could see some, like, I'm pretty sure I could play with like a top 1000 in Europe, Nature's Prophet, and he'll think like this is a Manta game. Like, that could happen. Like, I would not be surprised. I would be like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? But like, That's I would right. not be surprised. Like, some of, like, I just, yeah, I mean, I guess the difference between brains is not that big in MMR. Like, yeah, it's just... there you go. Hey, man, it, at the end of the day, I think the lower MMRs are slowly getting like more competent. Like, as long as players either look at YouTube or Twitch or something, they usually have access to like somewhat normal yeah. item builds and skill builds and stuff. Thanks for thanks for doing that with us. Uh, oh. I, I honestly, that's it for me, monkeys. You got any final questions? Create final comments. I'm I'm good. Awesome. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, you've talked a lot, Crit. Uh, just, just, just happy that Crit came on. You know, it actually was super interesting hearing you or hearing your thoughts on everything. Yeah, stop <laughs> sucking up to our guest monkeys. I haven't been doing that at all. So <laughs> yeah, Crit, thank you, man, for coming on. We really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. We'll be seeing fun. you around, man. Yeah, have a have a good one. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, bye bye. Yeah. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com